Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Rethink Life Church. As always, it's an honor to have you join with us. And man, today I have a very important and powerful message that I want to share with you. And uh, let me first of all just say we'd love to pray for you. If you have any special prayer requests that we can pray for, we take those prayer requests very serious. So please uh, just type you know your prayer request there in the chat section. Um, or you can also do that if you're watching on our website. There's a place there at the top of the screen you can click on. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have the opportunity to pray for you. We're in a series called Family Matters. And man, if there was ever a day that families matter, it is now. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't uh, maybe had the opportunity to uh, catch up on some of the messages in this series, I encourage you to go back, watch week one. We talked about the importance of vision and why vision matters in our homes and our marriages and our families, because it truly does set the direction for our future. Without a vision, people perish. We need direction. And ultimately, in the journey of where we're going, we need to ultimately define who we are becoming. Week two, we talked about values matter and how it's the foundation spiritually and morally in our lives. Our values determine our priorities and our priorities drive the decisions and choices that we make. And it's important to build on strong family values. Now more than ever, when we are living in a culture where they seem to be eroding each and every day. And then last week, we talked about how struggles matter and how we can find strength even in the midst of painful struggles in our lives. And my wife, Michelle, brought a powerful message and shared even from her own recent struggles. And so I encourage you, go back, watch those messages, share those with your friends. And today, I want to share with you another important topic, and it's the subject of forgiveness matters. Man alive, this is such an important message. And I hope today you'll maybe grab a, a piece of paper and take some notes and share these with your friends. I just want to begin by sharing with you a story. I saw and read the story many years ago. and It's actually a true story. It took place in uh, the country of Spain, Madrid, Spain. And there was a father and a son who got into a rift. They got into an argument, said a lot of things to one another um, that obviously both regretted. But the son they received a tremendous amount of hurt because of the things that his father said. And in the middle of the night, the young man, he ran away from home. And the father, the next day when he woke up and realized his son was gone, he was distraught. He, he looked frantically everywhere uh, you know, for his son, and his son never turned up. And so he decided in kind of like one last shot to try to find his son, he ran an ad in the local newspaper there in Madrid. And here's what he said in his ad. It read Paco, and that's a very popular name here in Spain. He said, Paco, meet me at the Hotel Montana at noon on Tuesday. And he put, all is forgiven. Well, as you can imagine, the very next Tuesday, uh, the, the father showed up. And to his surprise, there were over eight hundred young men that had gathered there in front of the Hotel Montana 
all seeking forgiveness from their fathers that they thought would never, ever happen. What a powerful story. And I think it underscores the fact that there are many of us who perhaps are maybe longing to either receive forgiveness or maybe we have come to that place realizing we need to give forgiveness to someone else. And forgiveness, one way or another, is such a sensitive topic because we've all been hurt. We've all been wounded. And it's not a matter of if, it's simply a matter of when we're going to experience some pain in our lives. And here's the thing, what I've learned, especially when it comes to people experiencing hurt in their life, it often happens at a young age. And unfortunately, it happens often in the context of family. I call it the four A's of you know, of hurt, you have the, the A of abuse, and whether that's physical, sexual, mental, emotional, verbal, the list goes on and on. Abuse is real, and it brings tremendous hurt and pain in people's lives. Maybe it's adultery, the A of adultery. You know, the betrayal, you know, just the domino effect it has, you know, in relationships and families. Perhaps it's abandonment, feeling unloved, unwanted, rejected, Somebody, a father, a mother, someone you loved and cared for, they abandoned you. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be pornography. But those addictions eventually begin to divide and bring hurt and disappointment and pain to your life. Maybe to your marriage or to your family relationships. Maybe as an adult, you've encountered hurt through friendships, specifically maybe through a business partner who cheated you out of money, who was dishonest, who you know, ended up being something you didn't think, they were, think or ever believe that they could possibly be. And we've all encountered those situations. You know, I look at young people today because of social media. Man, it breaks my heart to hear you know, some of the stuff that, you know, is being said, you know, on the internet through social media platforms. And, you know, we, 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 we go off on other people. We'll unfriend people. Man, there's a lot of kids that are being bullied through the, through the social media platforms. And, you know, just the abuse that a lot of children are experiencing, even at young age, because of the power of social media. And I'm here to tell you, man, if there was ever a time, a, a, a day, an age where our nation was fragmented and broken and bruised because of this whole culture, cancel culture mindset that we're you know, in today, man, I just believe the anger, the rage, the division, all the fighting and all of the things that are being said and done, if there was ever a day we needed forgiveness, we needed revival, we needed healing, we needed restoration, reconciliation, it is now. And so that's the reason why forgiveness, I think, is so vitally important. One day, Peter, the apostle Peter, went to Jesus. And you know, I'm sure he maybe encountered some hurt, some disappointment. Maybe he had some conflict going on in his life. And he went to Jesus and he said in Matthew 18, verses 21 through 22, he said, Lord, he said, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? And then he said, seven times? And then Jesus said, no. He said, not seven times. He, he said, but 70 times seven. And every, you know, it's, I'm sure it's a little confusing to Peter because in his mind, he understood and remembered that you know, Jewish rabbis, they established basically up to three times, according to Jewish law, that you could forgive someone who had sinned against you. 
And so in Peter's mind, he's thinking, okay, I'll go the extra mile to impress Jesus. So maybe I'll ask Jesus a question, is seven times good enough? But Jesus is basically saying when he said 70 times seven, he's saying, why even bother trying to keep score? In other words, what Jesus was trying to emphasize the principle that he wanted Peter to understand is that however many times it takes, that should be our attitude when it comes to truly releasing someone, forgiving someone who has brought hurt into our lives. So here are three main reasons why we need to forgive other people, why forgiveness matters. The first is this, is because God has forgiven us. Now think about that for a moment. In fact, in Ephesians 4, verse 31, it says it this way. Paul said, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So think about the fact that God first has forgiven us. You will never have to forgive someone more than what God has already forgiven you. Now think about that. So because God has forgiven us, because He's extended His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness to us, how much more should we be willing to extend that same grace and mercy and forgiveness to someone else? I love what Charles Spurgeon, some consider him to be the greatest preacher of all time. He was from England and he said these words. He said, let us go to the cross that we may learn how to be forgiven. And then let's just linger there so that we may know how to forgive. Isn't that good? Because the cross kind of puts it all in perspective, understanding what Christ went through so that you and I could be forgiven. The second reason why we need to uh, express forgiveness and why forgiveness matters is because, listen, resentment will only control us. You know, in Job 18, verse 4, it says it this way, you are only hurting yourself in your anger. I don't know why, but when we carry unforgiveness and a spirit of resentment and maybe just... I don't know, just kind of like a chip on our shoulder towards somebody who's hurt us and disappointed us. Here's what it's like. Basically, we're allowing them to occupy the space in our minds because what we're doing is we're thinking about that person and we're dwelling upon what they said or what they didn't say or what they did or what they didn't do. We're dwelling upon what they did as far as the offense, the hurt that they brought into our life. So if we're not careful, over time, if we carry that, it only brings resentment into our hearts and lives. It's destructive. It's kind of like drinking poison yourself, hoping the other person dies. And that's a, that's a tragedy. You know, I heard it said this way. Bitterness is kind of like holding a match. It only burns the one that's holding it. So the worst thing we can do is hold on to resentment in our lives. Don't give the wounds from your past the power to control your future. And so the third reason why forgiveness matters is because we're going to need forgiveness in the future. Come on, you know that's true. 
Because at some point, we're going to fall short. At some point, we're going to be the ones who hurt someone else. We're going to be the ones who maybe bring pain into someone else's life. Whether it's unintentional or maybe intentional, here's the key. At some point, we're going to be the ones who needs that person to forgive us. We're going to need somebody to show grace and mercy to give us a second chance, to extend compassion to us who's willing to forgive us where we have fallen short, where we've done things that we are guilty of that we wish we wouldn't have done, but we need that other person to release us from the things that maybe we're guilty of. You see, it says it this way in Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. Make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. So we cannot receive that which we're not willing to give. Why? Because forgiveness is a two-way street. In other words, when we are unwilling to forgive We're literally burning the very bridge that we need to walk across. And that, of course, is the bridge of forgiveness. Listen, we need forgiveness in our future. And so, therefore, we got to be willing to forgive other people in our lives. You know, I love what, you know, Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 teaches us. Because it says... You were dead because of your sins. And listen to this. Then God made you alive with Christ. He has forgiven all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Now think about that for a moment. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, he was despised and rejected of men. So if anybody understands betrayal, If anybody understands abandonment, it was Jesus. Listen to this. When he was dangling on that cross and people were hurling insults, the verbal abuse, the physical torture he endured, what did Jesus say? He said, Father, Abba, Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're even doing. And then when he uttered those three words, it is finished. What was he doing? He's saying, hey, I'm paying the ultimate price so that all of the sins of the world could be forgiven could be erased, could be canceled out. So because Jesus went through all of that for you and me, he made it possible so that we could forgive other people. Why? Because we're going to also need forgiveness in our own lives in the future. And I just think today, as we're thinking about maybe our family situation, since we're in this series called Family Matters, You know, it's easy sometimes to say things, to do things. Um, It's easy sometimes to take one another for granted. You know, sometimes we may say things that we think, oh, that's no big deal, or I didn't mean it, or, you know, they'll get over it. You know, sometimes it's easy to fall into a trap and not quite realizing that maybe the things that we did say, or maybe the things that we did do towards somebody, or perhaps what we didn't say or what we didn't notice or what we didn't do might be the very thing that we need to seek forgiveness for. We need to ask somebody else to forgive us from. So here are, listen, here are 
Can I give you four things just as we wrap up our time together today that I think will be very important if we're going to move forward and we're going to walk in freedom and live in freedom and overcome maybe the, the things that we've been holding on to as far as those hurts in our lives, here's the freedom that we can receive when it comes to forgiveness if we're willing to take these four steps. And the first is this, and that is recognize we all have imperfections. Listen, I got imperfections. You got imperfections. You know what? We all have flaws. We all have you know, these, these cracks, if you will, in our character and foundation of our lives. Why? Because the Bible says there's none righteous, not even one. We've all sinned. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20 says it this way. Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. So listen, we are all imperfect. And the problem is sometimes is that we can allow people in our lives, maybe it's our parents who fall short of our expectations, and therefore, because of that, somebody that we idolize or we greatly admire and respect, I really believe it's one of the reasons why when you think about you know, spiritual leaders in our country who, you know, they, they have moral failures or they, you know, they, they are, unfortunately, they're, they're guilty of certain things in their lives, sins that they are publicly, you know, you know, guilty of. And, and now all of a sudden people who looked up to these people and they put them on these pedestals, and all of a sudden they fall. What happens? It's catastrophic. It's devastating. Why? Because we look at these people as though they're supposed to be perfect, the ultimate examples. But what it does, it also shows that we are all sinners in need of a savior. We all have flaws. We all have imperfections. We're all vulnerable. And that is the reason why we need to recognize that we all, listen, we all are going to make mistakes. My father was somebody who was uh, a nationally known preacher. And um, long story short, even though he was recognized by so many people and Obviously, me and my three older brothers looked up to him, idolized him, and my father was used of God to impact literally millions of people. But here's the thing. He was not perfect. My father struggled with bipolar illness. A lot of people didn't know that, and we often spent a lot of our years growing up trying to cover that and protect that, to preserve and protect his image, so to speak. But my father would have extreme highs and we'd have extreme lows. When he was on a high... Yeah, he could conquer the world, but he was also very destructive. And man, it was like a bull in a china closet. And he would say things, and he was very abrupt and abrasive. And, you know, it was the way he handled things or maybe even treated people, treated us. But then when he was down in his lows, man, he would bring everything and everybody down with him. And I'm here to tell you, through the highs and lows, that roller coaster life, mentally, emotionally, it affected me, it affected my brothers, it affected my mom. And we saw, we witnessed how destructive that was. But can I just say this? What it was a reminder, what it was a, a clear reminder of is the fact that even though he loved God and he was all about reaching people for Jesus, it was also, it was also very, very clear that our father was imperfect. You know what? Maybe that's something that you need to come to grips with, where you see your spouse who's just imperfect. You see one of your children who's hurt you as someone who is imperfect. Your parents who are not perfect. And you need to recognize that and understand that and be willing to release that and truly be willing to forgive those 
who have hurt you. Number two, we got to relinquish our right to get even. As hard as it is, listen, as hard as it is, we have to be willing to let go and let God deal with the things that only He can deal with. In Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21, it says it this way, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. In other words, take the high road. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. He said, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For that is the scriptures say. He said, I will take revenge. I will repay them back. I will pay them back. The Lord says, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. In other words, kill them with kindness. Take the, listen, take the high road. Go the extra mile. And he says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Listen, we can either be triggered by what someone did to us, or we can be transformed because of what Christ did for us. And I think it's so important that we realize that at some point we got to relinquish that desire to want to even the score when someone has hurt us. Here's what forgiveness is not. I think this is an important place to stress this. Number one is this. Forgiveness is not, listen, it is not conditional. When we start out by saying, I'll forgive you if, no, 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 no. Forgiveness is always unconditional. So here's what forgiveness is not. It is not conditional. It is not minimizing the offense. Listen, there are some things that People say there are things that have happened to us. We never asked for it. Some things we were, listen, we were the victims. We were violated. We were, listen, we, we are maybe the victims of abuse or what. So you don't, listen, you don't minimize the offense. You don't minimize the hurt. We don't brush it under the rug and pretend as though it didn't exist. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is not minimizing the offense, nor is forgiveness not instant restoration of trust. So you got to understand, you just don't jump back into a relationship when someone's betrayed you. You don't jump back into a relationship when a spouse has been unfaithful. Why? Because trust has to be earned. That's why forgiveness is not resuming a relationship without changes. There's got to be genuine repentance. There's got to be sorrow, remorse, brokenness. Listen, there's got to be a sense of humility. We've got to see that people are willing to make changes in their life to earn trust and to show the fact that they have genuinely repented for the things they've said and done. And forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. You know, you often hear people say, well, you know, you, hey, hey, you just need to forgive and forget and move on. No, 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 no. that's not accurate. We can forgive, but listen, what people say, what people do to our lives are things that we may never forget. I have a scar here on my hand that reminds me of an accident that I, I brought upon myself when I punctured my hand with a knife 
by accident and it was painful. I was rushed to the hospital, was, you know, barely, barely scathed a major artery there in my hand, had stitches, it was sewn up. And to this day, after all of those years, there's still a scar. I still remember. But here's the thing, even though I'm healed from that, I still remember. And I just want to say to you, you know, I just, I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what kind of pain that you've had to suffer with. But kind of like the story of Hezekiah, I love the fact when the Assyrian army was coming in to basically take out Israel, here's what he did. He said, you know what? God is with us and he is for us. And I love the fact that it says, because God is with us and he's for us, he's going to help us and we're going to let God help us fight our battles. And that's what we need to do. We need to let God fight the battles that only he can help us fight. The third thing we have to do when it comes to experiencing freedom from forgiveness is that we got to respond to hurt with good. You know what? Hurt people hurt people. It's just a fact of life. And I've come to realize that, you know, sometimes, you know, there are, there are going to be situations and circumstances that you may not understand, but here's how you know whether you've truly released someone. You can release someone by knowing that you've not just forgiven them, but you're willing to pray for them. In other words, you're asking God to even bless them. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, pray for those who mistreat you. In other words, we've got to be willing to once again to take the high road, let God fight our battles, let God do what only He can do, pray for people, pray that God changes their heart, pray that God brings repentance to that person, pray that God somehow will bring rest, reconciliation and healing and restoration to a person's life and ultimately to the friendship or the relationship of that person that has brought hurt to you. And here's the thing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what does the scripture says? Scripture say, it says, love keeps no record of wrongs. I love the story of, you know, Joseph when he was thrown into a pit and then ultimately he was, you know, sold into slavery. He was, he was given an opportunity you know, with, in, with Pharaoh, and then suddenly he was accused of something, he was thrown into a prison, and then he was forgotten there in the prison, but eventually he, he, he was released from the prison, and then he was put in charge there in the palace. And here's the thing, over the course of time, his brothers who had sold him, who had betrayed him, those who had hurt him, well, they all came back to him. And here he was in this prominent place of power. And I love what Genesis 50 verse 20 said. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And what did Joseph do? He could have retaliated, but instead he showed the love. He kept no record of wrongs. And you know what he did? He did good in spite of the hurt that he had endured in his life. I think that's so important. Such a powerful lesson and principle to apply to our lives. And then the fourth thing is this, when it comes to experiencing freedom in our lives, is we got to refocus on God's plan for our life. we got to refocus on God's plan for our life. Listen, as long as we focus, listen to this, as long as we focus on the person who hurt us, 
We are giving them the ability to control us. And here's the other thing I've come to realize. Until we release that person, whoever it is and whatever they've done, until we come to that place where we're willing to release that person, if we don't release them, then eventually we will resemble them. Have you ever maybe found yourself maybe earlier in your life saying something like this? All I know is that when I'm older, I will never say to my kids what my parents said to me. I'll never do to someone what so-and-so did to me. And then what happens over the course of time? What happens is that so often we end up repeating those same things, don't we? Well, the reason why is because we've never released those things. You see, here's the thing. It is a simple law of life that what we focus on, listen, we become what we focus on, whether it's good or bad. And we have to be willing to refocus and be willing to focus on God and focus on Jesus and what he did on a cross for us. And listen, rather than allowing the past to trigger us, to allow what Jesus did for us to transform our lives. And it begins by renewing our minds. In Job chapter 11, of course, if anybody experienced hurt and disappointment, man, he lost, Job lost everything. He lost his family, he lost his fortune, he lost his health, he lost everything. He had every right to be bitter and angry and resentful. But here's what we learn. He said, put your heart right and reach out to God. Then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. Do you want to know how to live and walk and experience freedom in your everyday life when it comes to this issue of unforgiveness? Do what Job told us to do. He said to put your heart right. So set your heart right between you and God. Make your heart, listen, to where it is innocent and pure, free from anything that you've been hanging on to. The Bible says, above all things, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So guard your heart. Put your heart right. Number two, reach out to God. Because the Bible says when we come close to Him, He will come close to us. So reach out to Him for help. Reach out to Him for forgiveness. Reach out to Him for strength, for wisdom, for peace, for guidance in your life. And then, what did He say? Face the world again. Listen, life is too short to hang on to unforgiveness. And as it relates to our family, family is too important to allow unforgiveness, hurt, resentment. Listen, don't allow anything to come between the most important people in your life, your spouse, your children, your parents, your family. Because listen, the family is one of the most important and yet most powerful institutions that God has ever created. God wants us to protect it and to preserve it. And God wants us to allow our families to be a light to a world that's living in darkness. Let them see, let the world see how we can treat one another to be at peace and to be peacemakers to a world that desperately needs it. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, can I just say today, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know him as your savior. 
and yet you're holding on to things. You still, to this day, are harboring things in your heart. Would you be willing to release it today? Would you be willing to confess it today? Would you be willing just to let go? Once and for all, just let it go. Release it. Lay it at the foot of the cross today. Maybe if you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with God, maybe what's missing is peace between you and God. The reason why you have a hard time being at peace with other people is because you've never made peace between you and God. There's something missing and it's a relationship. And I just want to say, if you need Jesus in your life and you're ready to receive forgiveness for your own sin and to put your faith and trust in Jesus, can I invite you to pray this prayer in your heart after me? Say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. And today, I believe that Jesus died and he arose again. And by faith, I'm inviting Jesus into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and in your heart, listen, you just made, listen, the most important decision of your life. Would you let us know? Would you just click that button at the top of the screen there? It says, I decided, or type, I decided in the chat right there and let us send you a free booklet. You can fill out a form and we'll send it right back to you. Trust me, it's a great tool that will help you get started in your new spiritual journey. Don't miss next Sunday as we wrap up this incredible series called Family Matters as we talk about legacy matters. Listen, we want to leave our kids more than memories. We want to leave them a legacy. And we're going to do it as we celebrate the amazing ladies and moms in our lives. We'll see you next Sunday. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.